Well, well, well. <laughs> what do you guys know? Aren't these the greasers who uh, try to pick up on our women? I'm not sure if this will make the podcast. But it will make the podcast. I'm just, you if there's know. any Essie Hinton fans out there, raise your hand. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> My name is Eileen Paola Villarreal, formerly Montenegro, now Castillo, 34 years old. Sometimes I forget that age. I am Erika's oldest friend. We've been friends since 1994 mm-hmm. when we were both in first grade. I go think- Bruins, St. Benedict, Ish. go Cardinals, and go Irish. <laughs> Hi, welcome to today's podcast. We were in the first grade reading group together. And I went to go use the potty. I was in there and Eileen came in and she's like, hey, dude. Hey, dude, I'm in here. And I was like, oh, cool. And I leaned under the stall to look at Eileen under the stall. But she was actually looking at me over the stall. I realized that she was above me. And I looked up and I was like, what the fuck? Hey, get out of there. And then she ran off. (laughs) And when I got back to our first grade classroom, it was actually who said, Eileen said that she saw your butthole. (laughs) And I was like, that's not true. And he was laughing hysterically that you that you had said that you saw my butthole. And I said, I don't even have a butthole. (laughs) And uh, I'm not a human. (laughs) I don't even fart or poop or nothing. And so I was embarrassed, um, but I guess somehow I fell in love with you. <laughs> Beautiful beginnings. Yes, because I, I don't think I was mad at you for that beyond that day. Beyond the like 10 minutes after, actually. For the record, I do not remember this story. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I do believe you that it happened. <laughs> Thank you for validating I believe you. Me. I believe you. I was a very creepy first year or first grader. I don't think you obviously. were creepy. I think you were just I think you were just very funny and quirky. Thank you for validating my first grade. Oh self. yeah. Oh dude, totally. I I never thought that you were creepy or weird. And maybe that says something about me. Third grade is when you told Miss that I wrote all the months of the year with the word fucker at the end of them. <laughs> and i we were writing bad words yeah why were we doing that i don't know but we were writing bad words we were like girls we go through phases obviously earlier than boys do you know like so that was like our teenage years teenage years of being rebellious and (laughs) we had just learned how to use all these bad words no that's a really good theory i i feel like for me first grade second grade third grade obviously because of me telling on you guys I was like extra, probably like goody two shoes, not wanting to get in trouble. Maybe I don't know because fourth grade came around and then yeah, and shit then got real. That's when shit popped off for you. <laughs> but in third grade, I brought the stuff over to you to show you because I thought you would find it funny. 
and then you went and told on us. What a little shit. Dude, it's okay. I'm sorry it's, about it's that. A, it's a hilarious story because Miss she came over and she's like, did you guys write this? No. And I were like, no. And she's like, Erica, I know this is your writing. And I was like, it's not. I'm yeah, so sorry about It's okay. That. Dude, you know what? It's okay. I also have a memory in third grade of telling that I had a crush on him. And he was like, all right. Yes, this is my first rejection. <laughs> <laughs> third grade. Third grade. I was like, hey, so... Um, I think these were my words. I know that you've been hearing from a lot of people that I have a crush on you. And it's because I do. <laughs> and he was like, didn't even know what to say. Like, just like <laughs> did a shifty eye. And listen to this. I thought he didn't hear me. So I said it again. <laughs> In case you did not hear this. I'm the sorry. First time. You must not have heard me. What I said was... <laughs> It's weird because the year before that, he pushed me on the playground. He pushed me and he, I scraped my knees so bad that mm. I got, I have permanent scars. Oh my God. Yeah. All because I said he had spiky hair. Anger issues much? Yikes. Mm hmm. I would not fly nowadays. No. No. Um, not after the Me Too movement. No. No. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened. It's too. okay. That's okay. I apologize we've on been, behalf of third grade Eileen. We've been friends now for so many years that, like, you know, if I was mad at that still, we probably wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. We, we wouldn't be, doing be here. This podcast. No. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. So I think it's okay. Um, you had some really redeeming moments in there, too. You know, like, there was an excellent balance. And I think that when we got into the fourth grade is when our friendship really blossomed because that's the year that Titanic came out. I think Titanic was like this turning moment <laughs> in our friendship. I don't. I don't know, right? Like, no, it was because, like I said, I can't remember first, second, and third grade that much. Mm -hmm. But fourth grade is so vivid. Yes, and I feel like Titanic is like yeah. very much. It was the, the catalyst. It's like at the center of a lot of yeah. It's the <laughs> core a lot of memories. It's the core memory of fourth grade. And you know what? I will say that Titanic was entirely you because you came to school one day and you were dude, like, dude, it changed my life. You, it did change your life. <laughs> it changed my life. Yes. So you came to class. I feel like it was like a Monday or Tuesday and you were like, dude, you got to go see Titanic. <laughs> and this is fourth grade us talking like you got to go see Titanic. And then. I got home that night and I was like, Mom, Eileen said that I got to go see Titanic. And my mom's like, yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to see that movie. We'll see it this weekend or whatever. I think that no, my I final mean, count on seeing Titanic was about 11 times. Dude, you did see it a lot of times, years. but you definitely didn't come this I time. I didn't go that time. Okay. But you did come another time. Uh, Probably like time seven or something. Yeah, something like that. So I went to, but you came and you were like, dude, there's this guy in the movie. <laughs> he's hot and i was like really yeah, my first like yeah he was your first love celebrity crush and i was like dude for real and so then that weekend i went to go see it and i was like damn dude i'm kind of in love with him too and also is I this okay <laughs> <laughs> can we both be in love with him yeah i mean can we share leonardo dicaprio <laughs> turns out we can <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, we did. <laughs> we shared him. We were Eskimo sisters in the fourth grade. <laughs> I went to go see Titanic with my mom, and my mom chose not to cover my eyes when Kate Winslet's Ooh. boobs came out because she said, it's not sex, it's photography. You know what? My mom didn't either. Yeah, good I feel for like mom. she... Yeah, I think she was also just kind of taken aback by it, and she yeah. just let it be. Yeah, same. And I had never before seen like that full frontal nudity, but mm. I was like, noise, noise. Go, Kate Winslet. And then we just then we embarked on our Leo DiCaprio obsession. Which honestly, dude, if if there was any weird one of us, it was me <laughs> because uh, it's arguable. I don't no. Know. I lied to people and told them that Leonardo DiCaprio was my uncle, even though I was a little brown kid and he was white. I said that he was my uncle, that he was going to pick me up from school. I guess it was kind of weird because you had a crush on him and then you said he was your uncle. Yeah. Oh, it's weird as fuck. I've never unpacked that with a therapist, but (laughs) it's probably time to because what was going on there? (laughs) So we went through the Leonardo DiCaprio phase. There's a lot of vivid fourth grade memories i will bring one up okay we were in miss class okay (laughs) and did she get mad at you no yes oh yeah so this the story of her getting mad at you yeah so you know i've always kind of been like with the teachers at least get you two shoes i get good grades whatever you know Uh Uh, for some reason i thought it was okay to put my name as eileen dicaprio on the homework that we would turn in you know what dude <laughs> props to you this or is epic homework or tests whatever it was but you know we always had to put our name yeah weirdo fourth grade eileen was putting eileen dicaprio on all your homework on yeah i think i, I don't know dude, but i, I caught that. miss i love that I for you. on the wrong day or something <laughs> just got in a fight with her husband that morning who knows something (laughs) happened at home man she brought that energy actually the other teachers thought it was funny she didn't turn something in with eileen dicaprio and she got pissed and then she called me up to like her desk or something and yeah she yelled at me and she said that wasn't my name and i needed to stop putting my name as eileen dicaprio loudly to the rest of the class. Oh my god! So everybody's like, embarrass you? Yeah, yeah, dude. That's um, twice at St. Benedict's that you got embarrassed. Because remember, Mister embarrassed you in fifth grade. Oh yeah, but I don't remember why. It was because you didn't have a dictionary at home. You just had the dictionary that they gave oh. you at school, and he made you feel dumb. That was really rude. Yes, I and he felt that. terrible. He apologized. I remember because he was like. You cried, and he's like, is this the only dictionary you have at home? Yeah. And you were like, yeah, it is. Yeah. And he was like, oh, dude, I think I might have fucked up right now. Yeah. Maybe. And then he apologized you did, to bro. And I was just sitting there like, that's my best friend, motherfucker. <laughs> I was looking at him like, don't you, don't do that. Yeah. Dude, I remember that. I had kind of put that in the back of my brain. Oh, not me. I was very upset on your behalf. Like, I wished I could have said something because I remember my blood was fucking boiling. Because he was like, he he was was like bullying you. And I was sitting there like, (sighs) (sighs) why is he being so mean to her? Yeah. That was upsetting. He used to call me Erica Shue. I remember that. He got everybody to call me that. And that was shitty. He like got everyone in the class to bully me. If you're out there, Mr. 
respectfully fuck you for that one <laughs> yeah that wasn't cool he was mean to a lot of people that year how to handle. what justice would it be if he listened to this and was like god damn it yeah damn. apologize to all of us yeah please we'll take it in writing right i think that all of our core memories with each other other than like the major adulthood ones are saint benedict's days like i mean dude our core memories too are just being at your house yes Acting out dramatic telenovelas. Yeah. And then you had like your talk show thing for a while. (laughs) Yeah, we're going there. Yeah, so we I did have a to... talk show. I had a talk show that nobody saw. If I had if I had been a child in the YouTube days, I would have been viral. Dude. I You'd be a millionaire. <laughs> Listeners. Um we had big imaginations. Yes. That's I a beautiful way say. to put it. Erika's always been very creative, obviously. We had big imaginations and we would like act out dramatic telenovelas. Yeah. We would die like 15 times. And then come, and then back, come back, to back to life. life like which that character is typical of, of course, telenovelas. That's so. totally Univision Telemundo. <laughs> and then we would act out scenes from movies. Yes, we would. Like The Outsiders. Yeah. Back to the Future, probably at some point, you know, yes. different movies that we loved. There was a time where Erika had a talk show. I think it was like maybe a year. It was on the Tyco video camera. And so then it, it became a thing. Oh, my God. I still have those. I still have that footage. Dude. I still have that. We footage. have to watch that. It's it's it. My mom burned it to DVD. So it is accessible. Oh, God bless her. Honestly. Shout out to Maris for m- doing that. Mom. This is a shout out to you. Thank you for putting that on DVD because I've gone back to watch it and I'm like, <laughs> dude, that was like the braces bangs era too, wasn't it? Braces bangs, bro. Oh, braces bangs and a headband. One eyebrow. Come at me, boys. God bless those ears. <laughs> yes. Dude, you know what though? If I could go back to that confidence, I think deep down I wanted a boyfriend so bad just because of we you both know, did. because of the status change it would have given me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was also like, I'm living my best single life. <laughs> I'm doing my talk show on the Tyco video Dude. camera. You're like Cristina. <laughs> I would actually like Don Francisco if we can go Ooh, there. <laughs> okay. If we could just cut okay. the gender roles. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. You know what those interviews would sound like? It would be like, hey, I haven't been on in a while, but like my hair grew three inches. So that's what's new with me. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But my mom, you know, my mom really encouraged my creativity always. And she would always get me gifts encouraged me oh, that's awesome. to read write and do shout out again shout outs man i'm a little hard on my mom sometimes in the podcast and she knows it because she listens so occasionally i gotta give her a shout out for the things she did 100 percent right and one of them was encouraging my creativity and i think there was one time where we would read together and I would do these voices while I was reading. And she was like, Erika, stop being silly. Like, just read it. And I was like, okay, mom. And then. <laughs> and My then, apologies. <laughs> the day later, she's like, hey, Erika, sorry that I told you not to read like that. Like, you can read however you want. Like, it's okay if you want to be creative with it. And Good I was like, for her. Thank you, mom. <laughs> You're the best. You're the best, mom. You're uh, the best, mom. <laughs> I did so much weird shit as a kid that my mom just let me get away with. 
uh, to the point where, like, I feel like her siblings were like, put a leash on this kid. <laughs> and my mom was like, that's just who she is. Leave her alone. Dude. And there I was, like, tap dancing in the middle of the room. Both of us. <laughs> yes. I remember vividly one time. And, we, dude, we were in high school already. It was Hey Yeah that we were doing. And that it was. song came out in high school. It did. And we did do. <laughs> so I think we dressed in Ramona, in the Ramona uniforms. We did. Thank God for the occasion. Yes. Um, we had the the uniforms. Dude, your family would would tell them, hey, we want to do this. Yeah, we really want to do yeah. a little presentation yeah. for you guys. Everybody Meet us in the down. living room at 7. At 7. <laughs> it's going to go down. We're going to do the show. Yes. Everybody better be there. Yeah. And they would all be sitting there. Dude. And watching us. And then they would clap at the end. They would. I feel like your family was supportive and they were super not supportive. thinking we were freaks yeah you gotta love that right which is kind of amazing it is amazing you know maybe part of their upbringing of feeling like they couldn't be themselves made them feel like you know what we gotta let these weird ass kids be, be themselves weird. tonight we gotta let them wear beanies while they <laughs> <laughs> while they and, perform uh, a song uniforms. we don't know <laughs> At least performing a song makes sense, but like the movie, Dude. the movie reenactments, like what the fuck, Dude? What the Outsiders, man. And it, also <laughs> picking out that particular scene. Yeah, like why did we pick that scene? That was you, dude. You love that scene. Yeah, you. you that love was that. like the the Patriot that line that I used to love. <laughs> this is the King's Highway. Highway. Yeah, like why did I even like that, dude? So much? That is a. Gr- Shout out to Mel Gibson, who is the first person to get canceled. But watch The Patriot, okay? And then let's let's chat. I mean... Watch Ransom, okay? Yeah, and then let's chat. Was, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I always enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Lethal Weapon, and Ooh, then let's chat. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Maris is like, exactly. Yes. yes. The president of the Mel Gibson fan club. Yes, dude. My mom took a PTO day to actually she might have even taken a sick day for his like star for his star on hollywood yes his star star on the walk of fame my mom took the day off and guess what i got to go too and i feel terrible because he has these moments where he's such a shit but he has some but he did lethal weapon Mm -hmm. you know he did and a lot of great movies yeah and for the record, every, like, angry thing that Mel Gibson ever said was when he was, like, rip-roaring drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I've said some fucked up shit while I'm drunk. Too. We all have. Yeah. Sorry, we Mom. All have. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go to the story now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's not a long story, but anyway. We're doing Eddie Gus talk show. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what my role was in it. But we would sit in her living room. You were probably a co-host. Let's I was just call you a co-host that day. But we were sitting there. I was sitting next to her. The camera was set. <laughs> we're sitting down, and then she's speaking, and she goes, "I would just like to say," and then just rips one out. <laughs> I farted so loud, and I farted on a table where there was like a reverb effect. <laughs> So I was sitting on the table and it was like it was very, very loud. It was loud. And we just started dying laughing. Dude, and it's it, all recorded. It's all recorded. It exists. The footage is out there. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to see it, Dude, just request it. I, by society standards, am maybe like one of the ugliest kids to ever exist in this video. 
for real and i'm okay with it if i'm okay we're, with it if, if we're then i was we listen bo- we both were together then i'm sitting there in front of the camera and this is like behind the scenes right before i guess like where the footage begins to be for the public but i'm looking at myself in the tv and i'm using it's supposed to be my microphone but it's actually my brush and i start brushing my hair in the camera and i'm like ooh, beautiful <laughs> that's what i say as I'm brushing my like a musketeer haircut, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's a musketeer haircut, straight up, short one length bangs, bangs, yes. bangs that then met my one eyebrow, a mouth full of braces. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm not even embarrassed. I just start cracking up, and I'm like, that's hilarious. And then I think it cuts to me being like, oh, shit, did I tape over my mom's movie? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of that That video. sounds very familiar. (laughs) That's it. That's me. Sometimes I feel like I should release some of that footage to my page. I think you should. Uh, Yeah. And I approve of anything where I'm in it, too. Because I... I'm sure I had a slick back, yes. hair ponytail, it's also video. braces, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like eight feet tall. <laughs> you were significantly taller than me. Than anybody. Yeah, dude, I, Eileen and I have gone through pretty much every phase of life together. Our friendship has stood the test of time. We've had minimal drama, if any drama at all. I think everything that we've mm-hmm. ever had, we've just squashed. Aside from, oh, yes, I know where you're going. When I was being a follower, I think we were in like sixth grade. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So this girl in my class, she took my playing cards and I politely asked her for them back. I said, can I just have, can I have those back? Those are mine. Those are my cards. And she was a bully and she said, no, I'm not going to give you the cards. Mm-hmm. So... I had to go to the teacher. Sorry. I went to the teacher and I said, she won't give me back my cards. And when he made her give back the cards, she gave me this stare like, you're going to learn, little girl. Shit. And then she told everybody, at least everybody in my immediate circle, Mm -hmm. that I was a tattletale. And so she spread this thing of, like, don't trust Erica because she told on me. Dude, and well, I like, fell for that shit. It's okay. She was very convincing. She was a good bully. I feel bad about that. Listen. Because it's like we had a very strong bond. We did. And for Alexis to have done that. It's okay. That's pretty sad. You know what? me to have, like, followed her. You know what's beautiful about that story, though? Is that you made it better. It was difficult. But it was also like a really great lesson in independence. Somewhat like the mean girls experience where like I would eat lunch in the bathroom and I just I'd go home and I'd cry. And my mom would say things like those kids are assholes, Erika. Every time that you get sad in front of them, they're going to continue to pick on you. So you have to like act like you don't care. Your mom knew that I was a part of that. that No, she didn't. I don't think I ever told her that you were a part of it. But I just said like it's hard. I feel like I joined it just for like a few days. Like the you did. It was very minimal. Yeah, it, the whole thing was very heartbreaking, but I don't remember like your friendship being pulled as like being like the mm-hmm. like it was just devastating. I remember being with the girl, yes, and you were like sitting on one of those the benches. few benches 
right by the church. I have this memory. And I don't know. We just came over and like said something mean. Somebody said something mean. I didn't, but they did. And I just didn't stand up for you. And I was like in their group ish. And then you like ran off probably to the bathroom to cry. I did. I ran to the bathroom. And I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. And I think that was, that was probably a turning point for me where I was like, nah. Yeah. This is, what am I doing? Yeah. And And maybe after school, that's when I was like, I believe you. I'm, this is fucked up. I don't know. I'm not sure what I did. It was was really beautiful. I think that was like the turning point of it where I was like, this is, what the fuck am I doing? And that afternoon you were like, hey, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't feel right about what I'm doing. And like, I'm on your side. Mm. And I was like, thanks, dude. It's over now. We already squashed it, but thank you for... (laughs) No, but I think it all happened like within a few hours. And that honestly felt like an eternity, but it probably wasn't. It was probably a couple days. Yeah, I can't imagine, dude. But you have to appreciate how cool you were that even though you told people that you saw my butthole and you told Miss Hong that I wrote the bad words and you had back over mine that one time, that I still really wanted to be best friends with you. We just had this connection. I I think that our bond was different than any other bond that we had at that age because we related to each other about being kind of oddballs out. Yeah, being oddballs on the inside and outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we didn't bring the kind of energy that the Gen Z people our age at the time are bringing where they've got like highlights in their hair mm-hmm. and they, they're like wearing cute outfits like no dude. Or they have just eyebrows done. Yes. And they shave their legs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Eileen and I probably on, on multiple occasions begged our moms to let us shave our legs mm-hmm. and they were like, nope, you don't need to yep. do that. I even sh- remember when I shaved one leg. Oh my god! And then I regretted it immediately <laughs> because I was like, "My mom's gonna kill me, dude." And then she noticed when I did it. Oh my! And god. she was like, "You better let that girl back." <gasps> like, yep, Nietzsche coming Nietzsche in. I wasn't messing around. No, man. don't mess around, Nietzsche. Because Mm-mm. honestly, this is another shout out to the moms. Because if it hadn't been for them keeping us in like mandatory childhood. <laughs> We might have matured too quickly and then yeah. gone on to do the things that now that we see as not yeah. not childhood at all. Yeah. And we had a great childhood and we like we I think we stayed children for a long time. We did until we were supposed to be teenagers. We went through weird phases even as children. But yes. you know, like Pilelius and things oh. like that. But <laughs> you know, we were women, you know, girls were a little ahead of Certain things, I guess. Yeah, I don't it's know. better to make out with your pillow than it than is. it is to yeah make with out with actual boys. boys who might be carrying yes, STDs. Yes, yes. Pillows <laughs> was in our novelas. Body pillows Sitting are in your for friends. male characters. <laughs> we went through our childhood phase appropriately, yes. and then once we got to the teenage, whatever, it was time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and even then, I think we were still like pretty humble and stuff. No, we were. I feel like I was probably the bigger flirt when we were in high school. And I would agree with you. My confidence in in my adolescence peaked and I was like, I mm-hmm. got the juice. You did have the juice. I did have I the juice. I will ju- say. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I feel like I was shy still. In a beautiful way. I lost weight. Girls were finally starting to catch up to me in my eight feet tallness. Yeah. 
I don't know. I kind of like blossomed. You did. In a way you overnight. were the salutatorian at Catwell. I was homecoming queen. I at was Catwell. Homecoming, okay. queen. homecoming queen. And my sisters too, by the way. I'm just gonna throw that in there. Both of them. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know, like, what other three sisters were homecoming. I'd queens like that. I'd like to know that in too. Their high schools. Well, there's I don't a know. reward. I think it's a big deal. There's a reward for the person who can bring us the details, please, of sisters who have all been homecoming queens mm-hmm. i dare you mm-hmm. i think it's an accomplishment yeah. semi you know first person who can tell us that they've done this or know somebody who's done this they can be guests on the yes. podcast to tell the story yes yes that's beautiful so bring it on yeah let's hear it <laughs> that it doesn't exist okay so since we're in the high school phase we now have to talk about how eileen embarrassed the shit out of me oh. This in a non-intentional the, yeah. way. Dude, you're getting a bad rap around here. What's going I know, on? Man. So this is a story that we kind of referenced already related to Erika's yes. farting story um, <laughs> in her Christina talk show. <laughs> you know, the fart was living in infamy. And Eileen and I, we could talk about anything. We could talk about farting and shitting and boys. And there was nothing off the table with us. No filter, always. None. Mm-hmm. all our crushes let's share it with each other in grave detail <laughs> let's dissect that dream and oh yeah what we does went- this mean i'm gonna meet this celebrity crush yeah, in dude. two weeks this eileen, is what this means eileen was sure that she was betrothed to kevin richardson <laughs> okay so in high school freshman year I don't even know how I met him, but I met this football player. You were my wing woman to the max, except for this one moment that I'm about to tell everyone about. We went to the mall and we were having lunch and we're all Emory calendars, Emory calendars, RIP. Yeah, RIP. Shout out to Marie calendars (laughs) and their potato soup. Okay. Potato cheese soup. The potato cheese soup was yeah. incredible. Love sure. that shit. You know, you know what I would with the cornbread, right? Like you take Ooh, a slice oh, of the cornbread, the cornbread and you dude. dunk it into the soup. I forgot about the cornbread. That cornbread was Oof. money. We went to Marie Callender's, and I'm there with this guy that you know I'm crushing on. He's two years older than me. Like I gotta be cool. I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it one hundred. And know? I'm there. And Eileen's I'm there. there. Somebody else. I don't remember who else was there. I don't remember there. who else was there either. It doesn't even matter. Uh, yeah. But, it doesn't actually. But we we were sitting there. Eileen has like a laugh. It's the one thing that connects me to little Eileen. Like there's one of the laughs that you do that is the exact laugh that you've been doing since we were kids. And so Eileen does the laugh and she's like, dude, this one time. <laughs> Eddie was recording herself and she farted on the camera. You, oh listen, God. if you know me, I'm down to talk about farts and poops I'm all day long. I'm off the mic right now, by the way. <laughs> Please laugh into the mic. Dude, I can't have this guy know that I fart. <laughs> and he actually... He shut down. He like he completely <laughs> shut down. He looked so uncomfortable, and I was like, "Dude, people fart, man!" Like, and I looked at you like, "We're done. You and I are done. You are excommunicated." <laughs> and when we walked out of there, I was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" You know, the funny thing was that I didn't even think anything was wrong with it. No, like, and I you know like what? Thinking back, there wasn't. There wasn't anything wrong with it. Right? it there was something wrong with him. Somebody there made was. him feel uncomfortable yeah, with farts. Yeah, but you I and I agree. were totally normal. No. <laughs> I remember, like, not even thinking twice about it. Well, anyway, 
I was fucking embarrassed. Yeah. But honestly, dude, if he had been cool with that, that's like the coolest guy right there. Yeah. You know, can't we just accept that we all fart and poop? We do. Sorry it's, about it. It's it's a thing. I opened this conversation up very quickly with Ralph. I said like two days into dating, I was like, just so you know, I poop sometimes. Once in a while. Once in a while I poop and you know, you, you're going to have to get comfortable with that. Dude, farts are hilarious. Dude, I think that you and I have this <laughs> weird fascination with it. Not fascination. It's just that we we just we still think it's because the little things. They're, funny. they're so funny. Dude, it's okay to laugh at them. If I don't want to know a person who hears a fart and is mad about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh no. Like unless it's the person farted person. on your nose. Yeah. Laugh at that. Dude, it's hilarious. It is. Like a moment of joy. Yes. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, shout out to farts. <laughs> shout out to all the farts. So, oh my gosh. High school. High school. I think like I think that covered it. I think the saddest thing is when you went away for college for me. Yeah. I don't remember being like devastated when it happened. I feel like toward the end of high school, you had your relationship. I would like date guys, but yeah. I was never really in like a serious thing. We slowly kind of started growing apart. Yes. Toward the end of high school. Mm -hmm. Even though we were still like we never stopped hanging out. Maybe it was more sporadically. We've kind of referenced this in what we've talked about. I know your whole family. They're like my family. Your mom's yeah. like my mom. Yeah. Brian's like a dad. Like Yes. All, all of your aunts and all, like everybody is like, family. I see them as a family member to me. Yes. We did grow apart a little bit. You know, we, we did. I, Cause I played in sports. I remember. I was very involved in high school. Like I always had like this vision of wanting to go to Notre Dame, you know, like, mm -hmm. so I was like doing all these things to like try to get there. So I, no. I was occupied a lot. You I, were. I was busy. Remember you went to that Scripps college for I the did, summer? I did the two week thing. Mm -hmm. That was wonderful. Mm -hmm. You just did a lot of enrichment. I never felt like mad at you for it or anything. Even through high school when you were like going and doing things, I still felt like we were yeah, like we were I good. Agree. I agree. Very strong. I, mm -hmm. I never felt like you were neglecting me or mm -hmm. any such thing. I feel like we reconnected any chance we got. Absolutely. And then when you went away, it was harder because you were further away. But like yeah. you would still reach out. And we would still talk. And then when you would come home, you would always reach out to me. And I was like, mm -hmm. she wants to hang out with me. Always. <laughs> that was nice. So, like, anytime you came home for the holidays, I saw you. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so nice. Yeah. Remember that time I took the car to go pick you up when I didn't have a license or a permit? Yes. Almost yes. killed us. Yeah. Where did we go? We I picked you up at your house and we went back to my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. I also remember you picking me up in your brand new car. Do you remember I used to volunteer at the park on Beverly by Super A? The one right here. Giving out like lunches to kids. Yeah. And I remember you came. I remember you pulling up and parking in your brand new car. I was like, dude, she has a car that's badass. That I, I remember I drove us to a dance once. Bosco or Mona? Bosco. Yeah. Oh, Bosco. It had to be Bosco. Ramona dances sucked. Uh, Bosco was like the spot because mm -hmm. they'd get like actual DJs from like Power Dude, 106. Dude, from Power 106. Yeah. 
That was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go back to go to a Bosco dance now. Hey, dude, if somebody wants to give us like a public student pass to a Bosco dance, hop in our DMs stat. Hey, young kids, if you need a chaperone there or something, sure. because that's where we are now. Oh, my God. <laughs> we will chaperone. I would 100% <laughs> be a chaperone and be getting down I on the dance floor. I would to be a chaperone at a Bosco dance. Leah. Leah, get us, get us in. She could probably get us into Salesian or something or Cathedral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell them you need a chaperone. Yeah. We'll be good chaperones too. We would. To the window, to to the wall. wall. Dude. (laughs) Did you ever have a terrible human face? Where I personally sucked? Yeah. I'm going to guess no, because I can't remember you ever sucking. I would mean my sister. To freak, I call her freak. Mm-hmm. Started when I was a bitch to her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Um, your teenage years aren't great. Me, I had two little sisters. Yeah. I had my brother who I like. I idolized. I remember. And then I had my two little sisters, Cassandra, who is five years younger than me, mm-hmm. and then Brianna, seven years younger than me. Yeah, I feel like I was kind of a bully to Cassandra. That's one part of my life that I wish that I could erase but everybody else you were kind to i was yeah but i was mean to her she was like the person that i i don't know i think that you're a genuinely kind person i love that about you i think you've always been good to me you've always given me the benefit of the doubt like you've always been good to your parents good to your siblings good to the people that you love i think this is undoubtedly 100 percent you there is absolutely a time in my life where I was a heinous version of myself. When was this time of your life? I, in my 20s, and sometimes in high school, like, I was a very selfish person. I don't know when it changed about me that, like, I started to pivot in the other direction, but sometimes I don't even want to think back on those moments because it's cringeworthy. I think it was when you were... In your long relationship. I wasn't... It was in my long relationship. Yeah. Exclusively. Exclusively. I think, I think it was throughout that. Because that's when we were... We kind of grew apart. Yeah. For a bit. I was just awful to myself and to him and to everyone around me. And I think I was just miserable, honestly. You were. Mm-hmm. You didn't know how to deal with it, so you were just... I was also really insecure because I gained a ton of weight... And I didn't want to be out in public because I was embarrassed. And I thought like people would judge me and I, like, I'd say no to a lot of things. I remember one time you said, hey, we should hang out with John. Like, is it okay if I invite her tonight? And I was like, I don't want you to. Mm. I know that you remember that because you I, mentioned to me. I've, oh my God, I feel awful about that time. And it was all because I just felt insecure and I didn't want to be seen. You actually didn't want to hang out with any people. I feel like some of the friends that I made in like that time of my life, you didn't really want to meet them? I probably didn't. And, I, and I'm and i not even going to blame the guy I was dating. I would say, because I don't think that, I, like, I honestly can't say that was ever trying to, like, keep me from my friends or nothing. He was not that kind of guy. No. And that's, he was. That's why I've, I've said sometimes to you, like, was it, like, fully a toxic relationship? I talked about that on my podcast, the first one, yeah. about how. No, I remember. And that's, I mentioned it to you after I heard, listened to that one. 
what degree of a toxic relationship was this? It when? was. It was. He wasn't like abusive. No, in any way. No, no, you know? no. I'm not saying you. I know that you couldn't really trust him because he would. Yes, lie but, once in a while, but the, it wasn't like this. Like, just he was treating you like yes. horribly. You know I, I think mean? the purpose of the episode was that it can be toxic, even if it's not extremely toxic. Absolutely, which is. To say that if you feel like you're not in the right place, you're probably not in the right place and you should trust your gut. Absolutely. I have a lot of anger towards myself for not moving on that faster because then I didn't get to like go out and be the person that I wanted to be. You can and, you didn't visit me in South Bend, and it's all because I was fully vested in that, and I was on birth control, and I yeah, and I feel sad that I missed out on that stuff because I know I would have been a lot of fun, and I would have been you would have come with me next year. Okay, come with us, both of you. Okay, we're going next year. I want to go. Okay. I'd love for you to experience it. Okay, I know Brian will. I would love to experience it. I I'm sure I would love it, and I would have loved it back then. I know. I lost out on so many like cool like moments and memories with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see like how it stems from that, and that thinking back to it makes you sad. Yes, because you lost out on like experiences and mm-hmm. well moments I, with other people like in that time of your life that yes. were like kind of exclusive. Yes, to. That particular moment of your life. It was like the opposite of what a relationship is supposed to do. It was. Sadly. It, I learned a lot. It's a part of your journey, dude. It is. And I, I got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. I did. And like I compare all of those experiences to like what I have now. And it's like like to give you an example. Now I go, God, I really want to start a podcast. Ralph bought me all this equipment. Well, I can't like let him down. I got to like move on this. Like he believes mm-hmm. in me. Yeah. And he pushes me forward constantly. Yeah, dude. And that's valuable. Yeah. As opposed to me being stagnant. Mm-hmm. Amen mm-hmm. to what you say. Yeah. Because. I wish I'd known this sooner about myself. I feel like I was today years old when I really figured this out. <laughs> dude, everybody's on their own journey. Mm-hmm. You can't think back to like what could have been. Because it already happened. Mm -hmm. You can't do shit about it, man. I'm also very grateful for my past. I'm the most zen I've ever been. And Mm -hmm. it's because of my journey. Yeah. I feel feel good. Mm -hmm. And capable. Yeah. Way less of a spaz than I used to be. Where I'm like, I'm on a very good path right now. I feel really good. I'm happy. Thank you. You should feel that way. You're on a great fucking path. Thank you. And dude, as somebody who's like done the things that you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. right accomplished what you set out you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you still always want more yeah for me like i had like my parents in there like i was always like i i gotta do this because like my parents yeah like i gotta do this even when you i guess like accomplish those things you still just always want more yeah having somebody that's pushing you and that's like supportive there's like nothing better. And having someone believe in you. And believe much. in you. Yeah, dude. Oh, it's so beautiful yes. to have people believe in you. Dude. And that's so underrated. 100%. Yeah. It's I, super underrated. Like your mom mm-hmm. encouraging you to like be creative. That's mm-hmm. fucking beautiful, dude. It There's is. nothing that can ever even surpass that. 
you were only a child and she was like fucking cheering you on like crazy yeah in her own way you know yeah she was and she even was. if you got quote unquote set back like, dude look at you now it, look i was there with you at the time right? yeah like going through this even if i was far away whatever i never thought you were in a bad place yeah i was never like Fuck, because she's we, gotta we, get it together yeah like yeah, yeah. no never you were never that person yeah. I always thought you were brilliant, Aww. like since we were children, you, you know, and creative, everything, confident. I've never thought you were not confident. Thank you. Even though you weren't feeling it inside. Yeah, I do a good job. Of, I think I'm a good actress is what it is. Yeah. Hollywood <laughs> needs you. Um, I'm available. <laughs> Hollywood. Pay me a lot of money. Call her. <laughs> Call me Hollywood. She's in the union. <laughs> I'm in the accountants union. <laughs> but really, dude, I don't know. Like Thank you. Thank you. Like, it means a lot. Hearing you say that means a lot because I put you on a pedestal, you know, because you just went out and you did the thing and you're so fucking amazing in every aspect. And you know that I feel this way about you. But if you don't, I'm telling you now, like, I've always put you on a pedestal. I think everyone that grew up around us put you on a pedestal and they should because you were worthy of being on the pedestal. I think that I always had this feeling of like, man, what if I had just followed Eileen instead of following like this other path? And I, and I did feel like less than, and not because you ever made me feel less than, but because I was compared to you a lot because you were such a part of my family. I'm sorry. You don't have anything to be sorry yeah. about. Like, you didn't no, do anything. No, I know. I know you, you, like, literally just said that it wasn't because of me. Yeah. But no, it wasn't. There's been moments in my life that, like, I'm, like, where your family, like, would be talking about, like, oh, Notre Dame, mm -hmm. this, that. And, like, we were together. And I'm, like, you know me. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I don't want anybody to ever feel, like, bad about it. Yeah. Because they're not at like this whatever school you know yeah. it's like dumb it's like society's made up these things right yes yeah i'm totally a part of it because i did it did all these things right but mm. like you know they were accomplishments for myself and like my family but i wasn't doing it because like i thought that other people needed to do that i guess what i'm getting at is that like when anybody around me like talking about it and like about me it made me uncomfortable because I, I didn't want that. them to feel like they should be like doing that too yeah. I don't even know if that makes sense. It does. It does make um, sense. I wasn't ashamed of it. That's not even the word. It was more so like I was like, I don't want to talk about this right now. I don't want people around me to feel like bad about it. Whatever. I also feel like you have just as much of a struggle as I do celebrating yourself. Yeah, probably. So it's there's a little bit of discomfort there because you don't want to give yourself the credit where credit is due. Yeah. But you owe it to yourself to celebrate yourself because you've done it. And it was you and your work. It's okay to go. I know, right? <laughs> um, it's hard to do that. It is hard to do that. And I get it. But it's only hard to do that because someone before us thought it was wrong. And they put that on us. But by nature, that's not how you and I feel. Mm -hmm. You're okay with the people around you celebrating themselves. You just celebrated me for being confident. And I know that just a few days ago, you celebrated for being confident. So you celebrate confidence, but you don't want to exude it because you feel like it 
uh, like it makes you outshine people, but it's not like it's just you standing in your own light and your own beauty, which is just as valid as everybody else's. You owe it to yourself. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're welcome. And I mean every you're word right, of it. Man. I mean, it's okay for today on the podcast for you to say like, yeah, you know what? It is fucking cool that I did all that shit. Part of my journey to self-development has been accepting that everybody is here to like give their gift. Yeah. You know, everybody's gift is different and it's beautiful. None of us are a mistake and everything that we bring to the table is beautiful. And we're all pieces of this bigger, beautiful puzzle. Mm -hmm. And if we were all the same, how fucking boring would that be? Yeah. So we have to celebrate the ways in which we bring our light to the world. Mm -hmm. And just because we celebrate our light doesn't make anybody else's light dimmer unless we try and dim it, you know? Right. Like, unless we're intentionally going, I'm bigger than you, you are. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not doing that. Hey, we're butt just. Head. Yeah. We're <laughs> See out of your mom for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back to the future joke, guys. <laughs> I think we forget too sometimes, especially after COVID. We all went to enter like our little bubbles. Mm -hmm. You kind of forget what you bring. You do to the table. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have moments where I'm like, dude, I did all this stuff and I still don't even fully like even feel like I bring things to the table. Yeah, that's a human condition because yeah, especially as women, Latina yeah. women. Yes. The imposter um, syndrome. The, the imposter whole syndrome. Dude, I've had imposter syndrome since the day I stepped into Notre Dame. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you would be in class. There's smart people everywhere, dude. Really smart people. Where you're in class. And look, I know the way that I look. I'm, I look white. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend I look like an indigenous woman. I don't. Okay. I'm tall. I'm light-skinned. I wasn't, like, standing out in the way that, like... I, I can't even imagine a, how somebody would feel that, like, looked really different, too. Yeah. Because that would be even more so, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Right, you know? right, right, right. Um, you're in the lecture, whatever. And Notre Dame, like, had smaller classes. Like, yeah, we had, like, our big lecture classes, like, for certain things. But, like, it was a lot of small classes. It's, it's like, a medium-sized school. You're in these classes where you're, like, talking, right? Yeah. You raise your hand and, like, whatever. Dude, these people sounded fucking brilliant. Yeah, I do not speak like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not have that vocabulary. There's right. no way, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm just like yeah. dimming myself. But, dude, you have to understand that like those people probably came from oh, an dude. environment where like totally. they got all the oh, tools dude, and the resources. I get it now. Yeah, I didn't at the time. Okay, at the time I was like, why am I here? Yeah, you know, like I do not deserve to oh. be here. But yeah, oh, now looking back, I'm like, dude, I went to Cantwell, which was an A school, basically like Teach for America for Catholic schools. Right, they would send teachers there. Back then, it was just like I'm not worthy enough to be here. But yeah, you're you're like around students that have had every opportunity in their life, and kudos to them. I'm sure they worked hard too, right? Yes, they are way ahead of us. Their parents have. PhDs, mm -hmm. they're college educated, they yes. went to these fancy ass schools, they have generational wealth. It's all these things that like you don't fully understand when you're there and you're just like, I don't belong here. I started working in baseball and like I was at the Tigers. I would be in situations where I'm like, I'm the only woman here. Oh my God. I'm really young. I'm like a Mexican American in this room with white men. 
I don't belong here. How am I here? Who thought this was a good idea? I have to give kudos to the men that thought I was totally belong there. People like my boss, he was our VP of communications, our GM. I have to give kudos to the people that believed in me and saw this thing in me that I did not see at all. Oh, that's to be honest. That's and like, everything. It takes, I'm not saying it's not empowering to have women around you that are like, fuck yeah. Also, when you have these men and they believe in you along with the women in your life, the lesson is men, if you see women that are incredible, like, celebrate them, propel celebrate them forward, them, dude, for sure. power them forward. Everybody yes. collectively, men, women, all of us, you I know, love because that. sometimes we, we just don't see it in ourselves. Yeah. You know, I agree. I agree. Now as a creative, you know, I listened to, po- I listened to this one podcast called smartless. It's with Will Arnett, Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. Ooh. Dude, it's hilarious. I can't and they imagine. just <laughs> I need to and listen to that. <laughs> dude, they are just zinger after zinger after zinger. And I listen to it after, you know, making my podcast and I'm like, why would anybody listen to my shit when there's like shit like this out there? I also feel like there's a collective of people who really enjoy this kind of content of yes. like people being raw and real and and that's my audience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those people. And Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean Hazley have a different audience, you know? They have, like, a a cult following. They've established themselves for mm-hmm. years, but... And they've had a journey to that, dude. Yes. It's not like it was overnight that where they had... For sure. This podcast yeah. that has the following that it does. They've all had journeys to get there. Yes. You know? And, I mean, they're all, like... In their 40s, 50s, dude. Uh-huh. Like, you have to think about that, too. That like, is It's true. not like this thing that you can fully compare what you're doing to right no there's always an audience in anything that you do Mm -hmm. and even if there's not this full audience that you think like dude just fucking do it yeah oh i'm doing this for the love of the game baby i am so happy just sitting here having conversations with the people that i love that this is it for me Mm mm-hmm I don't care so much that it takes off. It would be sweet if it did, but it's more about like this, I don't know, this love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And every time that I listen to one of my podcasts, I feel like I heal a little part of myself. Good. Just by like talking about it with another person and all of the conversations that I've had have been so fucking awesome. Like people coming here and this is going to be my season finale. So I want to talk about everything. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm honored. I, I, oh my this God. is special. It's a special <laughs> episode. I want to take a moment to honor everybody who came on the podcast this mm-hmm. season and talked about their story. Kim, who came and talked about toxic relationships my mom's friend Lori, who came on here and she talked about working in the ministry and like her Mm -hmm. struggles with you know retiring and then not even getting really to retire like she had to become a caretaker for her mom for her husband for her daughter i mean wow eric viegas who came on here and talked about coming out and being queer for the first time and not feeling ashamed of it oh my god Alex Zamora, who came on here and talked about how he is a heteroromantic bisexual. 
Yeah. He like opened up this terminology that I didn't even know existed. Wow. Monica came on here to talk about her self-development journey. Christina Arzate, who came mm-hmm. on and talked about dating in 2022. Oh, what a great episode. She is so optimistic in a time where dating is garbage. Yeah. Mark. Mark. Mark, who is so special, and I told him yesterday that how special he was. And I said, Mark, you are one of the most sensitive, most conscious, most compassionate people I have ever met. And he came on the podcast and he talked about his mom passing away during COVID Mm. and having to learn about his own mortality by losing his hair and all this stuff. Beautiful episode. Oh, dude. And then Jake who talked about how he had a really dark time in his life where he wanted to commit suicide. Mm. And, you know, just talking about how difficult it is sometimes to rely on people. Marissa. Marissa. Marissa, who talked about her vulnerability and not wanting to talk about her feelings because she was afraid that people would see her as weak. Jessica, who talked about having a baby at 43. Beautiful episode. Excellent episode. My God. Just to be so candid and so mm-hmm. open about that process. Dude. Fuck yeah. And kudos to you for oh, making your guests feel so comfortable. No, I have to say it. And able to be so vulnerable. Not everybody can do that. Thank you. So... I have to shout you out. Thank you for the That's nice. host. Thank you. Christina herself. <laughs> <laughs> it yes. takes a special person to be able to like make people that are so different feel so comfortable with themselves and so vulnerable um, to be able to just candidly speak about themselves, their lives, their vulnerabilities. That's Thank a gift. You. Thank you. So kudos to our host. Thank you. That's Erika nice. Maria, <laughs> formerly Zapata, now no, Moreno. totally Zapata for um, this podcast. So, thank yeah. you. Thank Cheers you. to you. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you for being my friend for a million years. Thank since you. Since 94. For, since 94. Thank you for going through all of the awkward phases of elementary school with me. Thank you for sticking by me in high school. Reaching out in college, being my maid of honor at my wedding, bringing in a couple of New Year's with me, I think. That's a long-ass time, dude. Kudos to, like, young us. Yes. High school us. Yes. College us. Adulthood. Adulthood. Mm -hmm. We powered through the times of our life that we kind of grew apart. I moved back home finally in 2018. Thank you for coming back. Don't ever leave again. Oh, my God. And if you do, I'm coming to visit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Oh, that sounds so nice. Um, me moving away? No. <laughs> it- <laughs> I no. said it right after, so I wasn't no, sure. <laughs> no. Like, just us having, like, a weekend away. Oh, totally. We should do that. We should. We should have a weekend. We should have a girls weekend away. We've never done that. You know me, I'm down whenever. I know. That's that's one of the reasons I love you so much. Yeah, no, I'm down whenever. And I think that it's awesome that we are friends and that after 
our significant others met, they made a significant effort to keep their friendship alive. If only because they know how important our friendship to each other means. Yeah. And that's fucking beautiful. It is. I don't give a shit. They love us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be loved. It really is. It's nice to be loved in like a very positive way. I agree. Bonus feature to this podcast is the video of Jorge and Ralph mm. dancing and hugging what at the Bad Bunny. What a beautiful video, dude. Such a beautiful video. Thanking you so much for being here, for being so open, for being so willing, for the years of friendship behind us, and for the years of friendship ahead of us and a special thank you to everyone who has followed the podcast for season one please come back for season two yes i'm honored to have been your season finale me too thank you for bringing the gift of this podcast to us and thank you for having me yes podcast out Can I also say before we move on from this, mm-hmm. Maris was the first person that I knew that used Netflix. Oh, dude, she used I to think get she tr- gave them all tr- of their business. Yeah, and Netflix, the level that it has reached now. Yeah. My mom should be a shareholder automatically. She should. Yeah, she's the only person. She that should I be knew. a partner. Who else was ordering Netflix DVDs? Twelve at a time, other, like twelve at a time every other week. Yeah, it was what? Maris. I didn't know anybody else that did that, and then all of a sudden. Netflix blew up the way that it did now. Yeah. It's all because of her. L- listen, everybody, you're welcome. My mom is the reason Netflix mm-hmm. made it this far. My mom yeah. used to my mom used to order twelve Netflix at, at a time. time. Dude, Netflix is in business because of her. Yeah. So yes. well done, Maris. Shout out to Maris. Maris. Again. <laughs> Maris is gonna be so happy that she's getting shout outs all over this oh, potty. I see that smile right now and I love it. She's like, yeah. <laughs> Downton Abbey. <laughs> shout out to Downton Abbey also. No. Oh, yes. No, we're omitting the shout out no, to Downton no, Abbey. No. The causer of all drama. Nope. Okay, so. Okay, <laughs> so we, we, we went, oh, Back to the Future. We were talking about Back to the Future. And My then, mom, yes. yes, she recorded it. And I watched it for an entire summer after seventh grade or before seventh grade. I don't care. It was amazing. And then um, I fell in love with Michael J. Fox. You know what? Yeah, dude. I'm still in love with Michael J. Fox. He's the best. I just want him to know if he ever listens to this podcast that he was like my first true. I'm sorry. No, it was Kevin Costner. But after (laughs) Kevin Costner. Dude, what movie? Kevin Costner? Hey, dude. um, The Bodyguard? (laughs) The Bodyguard. Card. Was it that one? That was it. So random. No, I love no, it. no, 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 no. Dancing it with wolves. It was Field of Dreams. Dances with wolves. Dances you know what? Wolves. It was Sorry, honestly anything wolves. he did. I was like, you are daddy, dude. You are so daddy. Kevin Costner. Okay. <laughs> I have an old journal. I've been keeping a journal since I was like eight or nine, mm-hmm. and in that journal, I said something like, 
Kevin Costner is the love of my life. <laughs> Sorry, Ralph. <laughs> this is like six-year-old me. Like, I love Kevin Costner more than I love any man dude. that has ever walked Kevin the earth. Costner. Kevin okay. Costner, dude. Shout out to all the ladies yes. who knew that Kevin Costner was the man. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I want to think of what other celebrity crushes I had when I was a kid. Okay. Um, I feel like I thought Nick was talented, but I was I didn't have like the hots for him. You kind of did. I did. I think but- it's because you're comparing it to like me with Kevin. It, it, well, yeah, but no, so- no, Eileen. Honestly, I feel like I was trying to emulate you so much when we were kids that, like, when you would do something, I'd be like, I have to do it just as hard because I think Eileen's so cool. But Daniel Radcliffe. <sighs> no. Dude, Even that. was it because I liked Oliver Wood? Yeah. Sean Biggerstone? Yeah, I just wanted to, like, be like, yeah, I like this guy, too, but what? no. Yeah. My tr- my one true crush was fucking Kevin Costner, and I kept it under wraps because I didn't want to be a judge. I mean, you had like, no idea. I feel like you mentioned it just very casually when we were growing up, no. but you didn't want to be judged because it, it's... Because it's weird as it's fuck. It's a little different, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we all have our different faces. It's, it's weird cool. as fuck, dude. Whatever. Hey, shout out to my boy, KC. <laughs> KC. Yeah, he was my first true. Oh, Paul Rudd in Clueless. Oh, yeah. Hey, Paul Rudd today. Dude, he looks the same as he did in Clueless. He looks better. He ages I, like a foin woin. Yeah. That guy's like, I think in his 50s now. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd. Paul Shout Rudd. out to Paul Rudd. Shout outs all night. Number one to my boy, Paul Rudd. Yes. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, no, that was my true celebrity crush. Paul Rudd yeah. and Kevin Costner. Michael J. Fox was also a crush, but not more just like I liked him. I liked yeah. I liked his personality. I had like a tiny crush on Biff. Mm, I could bit. see that. I could like, see that. I felt that hard actually from you. Because you'd be like, hey, Biff is so bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I do. Yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> but he looks good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but those tight shirts though, right? I mean, not like in a sexual way, yeah. but it does look good, right? If that's not weird, <laughs> this is why I didn't bring up dude, Kevin Costner. <laughs> dude, this is the thing. We were going through, like, we weren't actually dating guys. We were just crushing on. You were just crushing celebrity on dudes. unattainable. Unattainable men <laughs> yes. that we could never have. Because we couldn't have real guys either in that no, time. No, you no. Know, because of going through our weird phases. Yes. Not weird. We were just going through being children. Yeah, for um, sure. 